This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where personal spiritual growth is fueled through a variety of practices rather than a single prescriptive time of devotion, where we discuss different spiritual practices that help us be more present with God, others, and ourselves. Howdy, practitioners. What up? What up? What up? What up? What's going on? Hey, hey. So, what you been up to, bro? Well... We have an exciting announcement for the podcast. If you don't follow us on Facebook, you, you should. Yeah, you should. You may not be aware of this, but we one of our well one of our wellhouse values is to be relational. And originally we started these podcasts to better serve our community. So how a traditional church would have like Sunday school curriculum or small group curriculum or, or you know, those kinds of things. Um, we just, have these. Well, just being blunt, I'm never satisfied with those. No, they suck. And so, well, and I, and the crazy thing is I just got sent like a box of like 30 and I haven't had a chance to look through it, but I looked through it and the Dean of Truett is one of the authors. And so I, I apologize. No, no, no. My, my reason for saying that is I think they're trying to get better, uh, but historically they've not been good. Yeah. And so, um, I just didn't want to go that route. I wanted to provide something else. Yeah. And so we created these podcasts and we thought, Hey, you know, if you, a traditional church would have three, you know, three kind of informational times, a Sunday night, a Sunday morning and a Wednesday night. Well, if we created four 20 to 25 minute podcasts, we're getting there, right? So we created these instead, but boy, have they taken off with people outside of our in-person community. Oh my gosh. You guys, like we talked about last week and the week before, like you guys are amazing. It's just blowing up. Yeah. Killing it. We had, we had over a hundred, the most conservative number I can come up with Analytically, we had over a hundred unique people for a church that's five months old, not even. What that means is if we count that as like, what were you? Yeah, we're, we're four months old officially. Yeah. What that, four full months old. What that means that if we count that as like interaction. Oh, yeah. That is like crazy kind of growth for a church. Well, that would put us statistically, we started with a launch team of what, 12? Yes. Statistically, that would put us as one of the fastest growing churches in America. Yeah. So, yeah, it's now, crazy. Statistics don't track no, that uh, stuff, but. Well, yeah, I always say st- statistics, well, they do stack that track that statistically if you go to the proper places to report. But I also say that statistics are, they're not always accurate. They they are, but they're not. But there's always, did you know an error for margin? Well, margin for error. Well, no, no, I don't even mean that. Did you know that 85% of all people that get hit by a car, like their person gets hit by a car happen in speed zones, less than 45 miles an hour. Yeah, I believe that. Why do you believe that though? Because nobody goes freaking walking down the middle of a highway. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You hit more people in speed zones of less than 45 miles an hour because that's where people freaking walk. Yeah. So statistics don't always matter. They are misleading at times. But all of that to say. Although, to hold on, 
in defensive statistics because I am a social right, work yeah, major. You have to and defend we statistics. Are based solely on empirical evidence. In a way, Bill Gates predicted COVID-19. Yeah, I get it. But by statistics, go watch his TED talk back in 2014. It'll blow your mind. Yeah, no, I get it. But all that to say, Wellhouse has become something that we couldn't have dreamed that it would ever become. And it's growing at such a crazy rate. We just couldn't have dreamed it. I mean, we're getting insane amounts of downloads. We've got over a hundred unique people. And, and that's the other thing. Our hundred unique people engaged in at least three of our podcasts over the month. So we're just experiencing crazy kind of growth, but we don't want to, we don't want that growth to make us lose who we are at our core. And one of our values at our core is to be relational. We just looked around the church and said, Hey, there's not a lot of relationship that happens here. And we don't want to lose that with all of our, our growth online and so we're going to try a few different things to continue that relationship. And so we've created a community group for each of our podcasts. So if you listen to all of our podcasts, join every community group. If you only listen to some of them, join some of them. The one for this one is called Praxing Presence. You can go to our, our Wellhouse Facebook page. I'll have it linked in the show notes. And you can go to our groups and you'll find it. Uh, it is a private group because I do want it to be a safe space for people that can't just search something and, and have something pop up. Sorry, y'all. It just started raining. Yeah, it started of, like coming down. Yeah, rain. just like um, weirded me out a little out bit. Out of nowhere. But yeah, so feel free to join that community group. We're going to yeah. continue conversation. And as we wrap up the Enneagram uh, conversation, we're going to move into conversation about prayer. I feel like that group could be really formative and helpful for a lot of people. I'm actually really excited about that series. And I, I really encourage you, um, listener, first of all, to get into the group just to be in the group. But second of all, to get into the group, to find other people like you in your Enneagram. And then as we move into the prayer um, series, I want you guys to get in there and find other people with your Enneagram that have prayer practices that have worked for them and yeah. try them for yourself. Yeah, yeah, this is about building relationships. Yeah. And so we're going to do it in that way. And... Another way that we want to be relational with you is a very intimate way. Uh, and so we've created a way for us to be able to communicate with you via text. Mm -hmm. And so if you want to connect with us in that way, just text the word practitioner to the, to the number in the show notes. I hadn't heard that yet. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can just text practitioner to the number that's down in the show notes and you'll connect with us and, and we'll be able to communicate with you. If you ever have a question, you can just text that number. Uh, it's just a much more, much more real life way for us to be in communication and relationship with you. So I'm really excited about those, those couple of pieces that we're, that we're just now instituting and creating, but yeah. that I really think are going to be good for our community. Yeah. So for, um, non video listeners, go to the show notes, click the link. You guys go there, click the link, do the things, yeah, you know do, what to do. do the things, do all the things, hit the, <laughs> Hit that like like button. Oh Smash that bell. Stop. Stop. <laughs> I've been waiting to say that Stop. for so long. <laughs> we're a podcast that has video. We're not a video. No, we're not. We're not. Um, oh, my gosh. 
can't believe you. Uh, so we're, <laughs> we're look good. at you. You sure you don't have a wing seven? Look at you. I think sometimes I do, but um, honestly, I think it depends on the day. Oh, that's true. Um, but so we are talking about the seven, the enthusiast. Yep. Yep. I think that we should rename it the partier, though. Um, uh, yeah. So saturate the world calls him the joyful person. Yeah. Um, I think that that's the first one that kind of they makes are. Sense. When I think about the seven, I do think about the person that's the life of the party. Yeah, I do too. They they are that person that's in the mix of everything. Everybody likes them. They're the Phoebes. No. Yes. No. Phoebe is this happy-go-lucky kind of. No. I don't. We we don't script these. I don't agree with that at all. <laughs> I mean, we're also breaking my like essential rule of like don't type people. Oh well, yeah. but but they type people. Well, yeah, but they also caveat like, hey, we don't know about this. Yeah, I don't know. Phoebe's a fictional person. So well, that's true too. No, Frodo Baggins, who they typed <laughs> as a six, is obviously a fictional person. So like. Yeah, fair point. But if you're gonna go, I mean. I don't know, man. It's hard to type a seven. And, and like in terms of fictional characters, I don't agree with Phoebe. I, I um, firmly agree with Maybe Phoebe. No, Phoebe's not even a four. Like, I don't know who else. Like, yeah, no, definitely a seven. I, don't, I could totally see her being a nine. No. No, she's not a seven. I don't, I'm, I don't agree to those terms. But let's talk more about the seven. Yeah. I've got some famous sevens here from Saturate the World. We'll see how we agree. The first one they drop, I'm like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. But I'd never thought about it. King Solomon. If you've ever Dude. read Ecclesiastes or Proverbs. Uh, yeah. That dude's absolutely a seven. Yeah, 100%. Continuing on, we got Winston Churchill, Franklin Roosevelt, George W. Bush, John Belushi, I don't know who that is, Chevy Chase, Stephen Colbert, Billy Crystal, Jay Leno, Martin Short, <laughs> Robin Williams, George Clooney, Tom Hanks, Robert Downey Jr., Leonardo DiCaprio, Vince Vaughn, and Babe Ruth. So a lot of those I, I agree with, and two of them overlapped. Oh, okay, two overlapped. So I have Robin Williams. Okay. Yep. Um, Wolfgang Amadeus, I don't know who that is. Um, Me either. Um, and then I have Mozart. Ooh. And then Stephen Colbert. Okay. Yeah. Stephen Colbert seems like a good one to yeah. go with. Like, okay, he's a seven. Robin Williams also makes sense. Robin Williams also makes sense. Like, That's true. Down to the fact that he used humor to mask right. everything else. Yeah, 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 yeah. For sure. So, uh, for a seven, the underlying fear is, or the underlying emotion is fear. Yeah. And specifically fear of rejection. Yeah. A seven is the kind of person that feels like um, they must be fun to be valuable. Yeah, basically. Um, and I do have a quote here um, from The Road Back to You, and it is a quote from Peter Pan, and I actually just love it because it just hits the nail on the head for the seven. Just think of happy things and your heart will fly on wings. Yeah. Just 
Yeah, like yeah. They're like they're like the person that you it's it's Super Bowl week. You oh, the yeah, Super yeah. Bowl coming on Sunday. They're like the person that you show up to the Super Bowl party early and you know they're coming and like the party really can't start until that person gets there. Yeah. Because they're like they're just infectious with their fun and excitement. Yeah. That's absolutely true. Um 100%. Um I've known one seven and it was absolutely yeah that 100 percent. i don't know i think i know a seven or i used to know a seven but i don't think in my intimate circles Mm-mm. i don't think i don't have a lot of sevens in my circle either excuse me it'd probably be good for me to as a three it would be really good for me oh to have God. a seven but if i, I had don't have one if i had sevens as my close friends like it'd be really good. It would be you. really yeah. good for me. It'd be really good for you. Um, but so healthy sevens um, are they are aware of the energy they have invested in manufacturing happiness, and they know that joy is a gift or grace that can be only that can only be received. Yeah. Um, they're just happy, joyful people, just yeah. in general. Just, yeah, all around, they're just happy and joyful people. And interestingly enough, um, once again, this, I hate this. They don't put the, in it, they put the arrows on here. So I don't know what they're, which one is stress and which one's security. But they can end up oh, I've got that. functioning like a one. And I'm going to say that's their integration. Yeah. So, no, stress is, is their is, disintegration. So, ones is their disintegration. Their disintegration. Okay. So, if, you, if you're a seven and you end up being a person that sees the world black and white, yeah. which you can automatically tell that's, that's not a good place to be for a seven. You're in an unhealthy place. But if you're in a healthy place. You move to a five. You move to a five. Which means that you have the capacity to take a step back sometimes. Um, and you don't feel the need right. to... Um, Always... To feel validated by being happy and joyful. That's and right. That. Um, that's right. And and the thing, the thing I think that is important to note here about a seven is that they act that way because of fear. And more specifically... It's a fear that I need to be liked by everyone because I can't be dependent upon anyone for anything. Yeah. I can't be let down. And so I've got to be the one that people need around, but I can't need anyone else. No, I think that's fair. Um, so I think, so I will say the saturate the world people have a great, a great comment here that I just can't not quote. It says sevens uniquely bear God's image in the way they manifest the joy, gladness and genuine enthusiasm of God. Gospel means good news or joyous life giving news. Sevens naturally bring the vibe of the gospel into people's lives. We talk about it all the time that like, if your good news isn't good news, you're not doing it right. 
And that's so true. Sevens, like, sevens embody the joy that the gospel carries. So think about it. Think, think, let's think about it like this. I'm not going to type people because we don't do that. But think about every um, sermon that you've sat through. Okay. Think about every talk, whether it's scriptural or not. Um, which ones impact you the most? The enthusiastic speakers. Well, the, they're at least the ones that capture your attention the best. Yeah. Right. They're the ones that can that can bring you in. Their content may not be good, but like they're, they capture you, they bring you in. But remember that one guy when we took those students to, um, was it to Florida? No. Oh, it was Galveston. Uh, yeah, it was Galveston. It was Galveston. When we took those students to Galveston, there was that one speaker at that camp. The morning one or the evening one? The morning one. No, the evening guy. The evening guy. The African-American? Yeah. Yep, okay. He was that enthusiastic speaker. He was. That captured you, but yep. he had good news. Yeah, he and he was the kind of guy that, and this is something, he was really formative for me in... And some, I was wrestling with something in, in scripture just about the Bible and, and how Genesis and Revelation, I talk about it all the time. The Bible is a story. And so the conflict that arises in the beginning of the story must be resolved at the end of the story. And the narrative that I'd grown up with that we were all going to float away to heaven and there was going to be a new heaven and a new earth somewhere else. Like that doesn't resolve the tension at all. No. It just creates something new. It doesn't it doesn't fix the story. And so I was looking for something else. And he was like, you know, he's talking about heaven. And he's like, I can't wait to get to heaven. It's like, ooh, I wonder where this is going. Because when other people talk about heaven, we're just gonna be sitting around with halos singing kumbaya to Jesus or something. And I was like, we're at a youth camp, dude. I don't know. I don't that's not really gonna fly. I don't know how you're gonna I don't know where you're going, bro. You're about to bore people out of heaven. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> people are literally about to fall asleep and you're talking about heaven. Like some ain't right. He goes, nah. I think it's gonna be like the garden. He's like, we're gonna be exploring the world with God. He's like, I'm gonna be scuba diving. Yeah. I'm gonna be windsurfing. I'm gonna be doing all this fun stuff with Jesus. Yeah. And it's like, oh wait. That actually does solve the end of the story. And when he talked about heaven, it was captivating. It was. Like, I, I wanted to be there with him. I was like, bro, I'm going to come find you. I want to go hike with you. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna like, be- I, I want to go down to the bottom of the Grand Canyon with this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, dude, I will literally go like you, me, Jesus. Couple beers. <laughs> Maybe Obama, like, let's go play around the golf. Like, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but like, yeah, I'm in it to win it. Like, I'm with you all the way to the end. Like, everything about what he said was captivating, and like, I wanted to be right there with him. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, if 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 I'm not following Jesus, you're a close second, bro. And and that's that's what a seven brings out in people. Absolutely. So, real quick, I just, I, I just want to, I just want to hit on this. You have to. I, 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 I have saw, to. You were dying. I, I have if, to. for our listeners. They couldn't see it, but our no, video people could. I loved that because when you just threw Obama in there, I was like, 
Absolutely. Like, yeah, I think I, we have some people listening to this. I know, like, statistically speaking, there's going to be some people listening to this that like don't like don't Obama. like Obama. It happens. But like, I'm I don't identify as a Democrat. You guys know that. I don't identify as a Democrat. But like, I wish I had been more mature to be able to fully experience the Obama administration. Well, I just think even outside of politics, he's just a good dude. Obama's like, kind of a good dude. He's just a good dude. Did you see him on Fallon recently? No. He's from Chicago. He picked New York style pizza over Chicago pizza. I'm like, dude, legit. Chicago hates you now, but like <laughs> awesome. He's also apparently pretty good at golf. Yeah. I would love to play around a golf with Obama. That'd be dope. Yeah. Like that would be dope. And he's also pretty good. Apparently, he's played several times with Tiger Woods. Oh, that, like, and Tiger Woods explained his golf game, Obama's golf game, as straight. He just hits the ball straight. It's like, oh, that's so. Actually, is it like good old man golf, like where he just hits the ball straight? Like, also think he hits it adequately far. Okay. Well, so anyways, back. Yeah, to the we. Topic yeah, we've rambled a bit, but it's a seven. You can't like. I can't talk about a seven and not get excited. No. Like they, if, if you're talking about a seven and you're following the rules, like you're doing something wrong. Cause sevens don't do that. Yeah. So real quick, we have to talk about the wings just, just real quick. Yeah. Quickly. Um, uh, sevens with a, uh, six wing are fueled by the, uh, consciousness of the six. They give both projects and people more time before moving on to the next thing mm. so like they are focused they are willing to give people their time um they 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 end up becoming loyal yeah they end up becoming they pick up that loyal yeah that loyalist piece now with the the eight wing i yeah that one it, i think that's the most intriguing number connection of all time the the, the seven wing eight and the eight wing seven yep they're very very just complex. Um, so they are competitive, bold, and aggressive, reflecting the eight's characteristic characteristic bravado. They are persuasive and assertive in relation to their ideas and agendas, and they usually get their way. <laughs> <laughs> I love that they threw yeah. that piece in there that they, yeah, usually, they usually get, get their, their way. way. Just because yeah. they're so dadgum argumentative. Well, that's the eight, man. I can't. I can't wait to talk about the eight. Oh next my week, gosh, that's gonna be so exciting! All right, so some downstream practices for the eights, the spiritual practices, or for sorry for the sevens, uh, the spiritual practices that become natural. They're easy for this person. Any guesses? Being relational, hanging out with people. Celebration. Celebration. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or, or actually, sorry, community is the one you're talking about. Yeah. 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 That's one of them. Just being in genuine community and fellowship. Um, we don't we don't talk about it a lot in more conservative traditional circles, but spiritual friendship is. I mean, that's a, it's a valid spiritual practice. It's a practice. We've. I mean, we've practiced it for ages. We've got it in thousands of years worth of Christian literature. We just don't talk about it. Like we just don't should. talk about it because it doesn't seem spiritual, but right. like, but it absolutely, Jesus is. was in community with people. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, we're going to talk about spiritual friendship at, at some point though. Aren't we, we will eventually. Yeah. Um, it might be down the line, but we're going to talk about it. And then the other downstream practice that comes easy 
to the seven is uh, is celebration. Hmm. It's easy to celebrate yeah. when you're happy and joyful and excited. That's the easy thing to go. Like, you know, the I mean, a classic thing for a seven is like, going, oh, hey, man, you know that interview I had? I got the job. Oh, cool. Let's go out and have beers and celebrate, right? Yeah. Like, it, it's easy for the seven to get there at a point of celebration. And so when you take that and you celebrate the things that you have because of God, it's like, oh, this, this makes a lot of sense. The upstream practices. Sitting still and quiet. Yeah, solitude and silence. Yeah, I knew it. That's going to be a hard one. But I love what Saturate the World says, that seven should set time each day to get alone with God and be still and silent before him. Solitude releases sevens from their stage persona, need to perform, and over-dependence on others. Silence allows them to feel whatever they're trying to avoid beneath the surface and to meet with God in their inner being and emotional pain. That is good stuff. And that's why I love the way that Saturate the World has done this because they're practices that come easy to us, and so we should engage in them because they are easy to us and they are life-giving. But then there are other practices that don't come easy to us, but they cut against the very... The very detriment of who we are. They cut against the grain in a way that you would sand down a piece of wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. um, To really get those rough edges. Like you would cut against the grains of a piece of meat to get the most tender, most edible piece of the meat. Exactly. It makes it, and, and what happens when you do that? It makes it more tender. Yeah. Right? It. It's something that's formative and life-giving, but it doesn't come natural to us. It's hard, but it's a good thing. The last downstream practice that Saturate the World recommends for sevens is fasting. Because a seven is so dependent upon the experience, and a lot of time experiences happen around food, that giving up that to replace it with an experience from God or with God uh, is is a very helpful thing for them. You want to read the, the gospel sevens need to believe real quick? I do. Because I've really been enjoying those. Yeah, these are one of my favorite pieces. So here we go. The gospel sevens need to believe. The world is so broken that Jesus had to come and die to restore it. This means I don't have to paint my life in beautiful colors. The cross frees me to be honest about the painful parts of my story and about my own brokenness. I'm so bad, Jesus had to die for me to save me. It is also true that I am so loved that Jesus was glad to die for me. It was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross. I do not have to try to fill the void in my life or cover up my pain because in spite of my brokenness, Jesus loves me and gave himself for me.